We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Friday, July 21st edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. My guest today, my friend Mike Clay from ESPN. Um, Mike, thanks for getting off TV for us. Yeah. Really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I get training camps underway now. So uh, we're rolling TV, uh, podcast, radio, it's all this fun stuff. So uh, we're going to get busy, all of us. Absolutely. Are you doing the, uh, how often do you do the podcast every day? You guys do a great job on that. Uh, well, the fantasy focus, I hop on that occasionally. I'm not the, I'm no Matthew Barry, you know, he's the, he's the superstar there, but, uh, in field, of course, Stefan, you do a great job. So I, I'm an occasional, uh, guest on there, uh, the, the fourth wheel, if you will. But, um, yeah, just, a, just a few times a week. Plus you didn't create a movie fantasy league, which is a bigger deal. I now. didn't, I didn't. He, Matthew is uh man, he's, he's all over the place doing the bachelor and, and the, uh, the TV fan, fantasy TV, which is just a great idea. It's, it's brought a whole new demographic, especially the bachelors brought a whole new demographic yep. to the industry. And that's great for all of us just as fantasy gets bigger and bigger and more mainstream. Absolutely. All right. Um, I want to start off with, uh, near the top, basically everybody, all these draft season, we might get into specializing on teams and positions at some point, but for the first week here that we're closing out, um, we're going to talk generally. So we're going to bounce around position to position, team to team. And I want to start near the top of the draft board. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, 
so the investigation into his uh, bar fight or whoever's bar fight it was has been suspended. Um, the domestic violence incident suspension still possible. If it happens, some people think it'll be eh, a couple of games. Are you still confident enough to take him in, in let's say, the number three spot? I, I, for the most part, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's going to be more than a, a game or two suspension. And you kind of always have to anticipate a little bit of time missed from running backs, uh, especially guys like uh, Zeke and Johnson and Bell, the and McCoy guys getting massive workload. So, uh, you, you know, you always have to consider replacement level. I mean, we've seen this how many times o- Odell Beckham is rookie year, Le'Veon Bell, Josh Gordon. These guys can miss some time and still win you championships. I mean, who was who was upset about taking Bell in the second round last year? You know, right. <laughs> nobody. So, uh, yeah, we, I, I could still deal with it. If you wanted to go with a Brown or Jones or Beckham instead, I'm not going to fault you for that, but I still think Zeke and, and the top two guys are so far ahead of everyone else that you're perfectly fine if he's suspended two games, still taking him third. All right. Are you generally, if you're in, let's say, your your standard 12-team uh, league with you know reg- basic rosters, I don't know, 12, 13, 14-man rosters, whatever it is, are you a handcuffer at running back? Uh, you know what? I actually just wrote a piece on that and, and the correct way to do it. I think it, a lot of people do it wrong. Uh, your casual fans will pick a pick a player and then say, I have to take the backup. I'll reach on him. I don't care if I whether I take Murray and then, then I'm going to reach on Henry two rounds later. Or if I take Zeke, I have to get McFadden. But I, I don't think that's the right way to do it. You just take the high ceiling backup running backs when their values, once your starting lineups filled out, once you're going for high ceiling guys, and, and it could be other positions too. It could be Dwayne Allen or Malcolm Mitchell. It could be players at other positions as well. But uh, yeah, I think the the people taking Henry in round six and Tevin Coleman in round five are out of their mind. I don't care who <laughs> your first round pick is. That is it's just a terrible idea to take a backup running back at that point. All right. Everybody, we'd like to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Um, Twitter people, Mike's at Mike Clay NFL. I'm at Hoppin 37 You can also catch uh, us at Rotowire. You can get some player updates mostly at Rotowire NFL and uh, find us on Facebook. Okay, before we get started with all the player talk, the, the rankings I'm going to discuss with Mike are his PPR rankings, but he's got his standard and his PPRs at ESPN.com in the fantasy section. I encourage you to go check it out anytime. They're always really good. He always beats me. You know, I, I think I do pretty well in the, in the rankings accuracy. But Mike's one of the people I know beats me every year. So Well, I'm, I'm a little bit better at dart throwing than you. <laughs> Just a little. All right. You know, they're not released. I haven't seen those this year, by the way. Through 16. What's that? The, the, the 2016, the cumulative stuff. I always want to check that out. They never released oh, that whole okay. thing until, I don't know, anyway. Yeah, who knows? All right. Um, I'm in Charlotte, as you know. There's been I a do. lot of talk about Cam Newton running less. Um, last year, he didn't look good. And, you know, some people would think that 2015 might have been the outlier for Cam Newton with the MVP season. Uh, you have him at QB7, and that seems to me more optimistic than most. Why are you still in on fantasy Cam more than other people? Yeah, what do you have, uh, 45 touchdowns the year before? That, that's probably why, the high, ceiling, the high ceiling. So, <laughs> Yeah, the, the way I look at quarterback is I feel pretty happy if I uh, have one of those top five guys. Uh, you know, I think at this point, especially in most of my leagues are experts drafts, and, and as all listeners know, in those formats, we actually take quarterbacks later than most. Uh, but they become at values now, so I'm, I'm, I don't 
have a big problem with Breeze or, or Andrew Luck in the fifth or Matt Ryan in the seventh, even with him regressing to the mean, he's going to be a value. But after that, uh, a lot of these guys are very close. So at that point, if, if you're going that direction, you, you're waiting a quarterback, you want a high ceiling player. And, and listen, you look at his rate stats last year, they were very similar. You know, he's off target about the same amount of time, uh, yards per completion, depth of, of throw. It was really just the, the catch rate that really fell. It, it wasn't hitting as many deep throws, that kind of thing. Uh, and he wasn't healthy either. So uh, I will say this. Uh, first of all, well, you know what? First of all, the completion percentage, I think, will go up. They're going to try and do more short area stuff with Kurt Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. But I will say this. This is my one concern with Cam Newton. Uh with his age, I mean, he's starting to near age 30 now. Is he going to stop running as often? That's going to be a killer for his fantasy value because right. he's not ever going to be a super accurate thrower. He's going to need to add points with his leg. So I, that does stick in the back of my mind. But uh, we, at the same time, he has that high ceiling. So round nine, John, I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Um, I, I do think I, – and I still think at the goal – near the goal line – it would be hard for me to imagine them sort of taking the ball out of his hands too much because he's such yeah, a weapon yeah. there. That's what makes yeah, him special. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's possible. I mean, you still have Jonathan Stewart there. I think they'll try and get McCaffrey involved more the, near the goal line more than many realize. Uh, we've seen that with uh, Sproles and, and Donald Brown and uh, Maude Bradshaw, guys like that over the years, Tevin Coleman. So uh, I think that'll, you know, that'll be another option down in the in near the goal line but uh yeah it, it's with age too i mean kyle elfrank who i'm doing a podcast with or a, a show on sirius all week uh pointed out, out dante uh culpepper as a as a comparable i mean he was putting up tons of uh, rushing production and running at you know a just playing a plus football uh, for Minnesota for years, and he was 28 when that kind of just fell apart. So, you know, that doesn't mean it's going to happen to Cam, but we've seen guys just stop running and then really just, uh, you know, they kind of go down the drain. Right, one more question I want to ask you about Cam. With with the way they drafted, and, and this is uh, – I, re- I realized this week when I – in my previous position, when I was at Fox, I used to do 15, 20-minute podcasts twice a week. Now I'm doing 45 minutes to an hour four times, and I realize that I'm touching on the same subjects more often, as I'm sure you do when you do radio. Um, with Cam, with the way they changed that offense a bit, you know, putting Samuel and McCaffrey in there, and there's going to be more, as you mentioned, short passing. Let's say – I mean, timing is an easy phrase to use, but it's not going to be the, you know, chuck it downfield and let Ted get run under it. Um, and that's not to, you know, say anything bad about Cam's accuracy on those. But, but it's a different kind of passing game. And the thing that I can't figure out here is if that suits Cam. Do you think it suits Cam? Do you think he's go- How well do you think he's going to adapt to it? I think that's a really tough question for us to answer right now. Yeah, and I, and I think I said it backward earlier. I mean, his, his problem really was or has been short area accuracy. So you're right. I mean, that could be a problem. Can he get the ball to McCaffrey, to Kurt Samuel in the short area? Accuracy is his biggest problem. He has the legs. He has the big arm. But uh, accuracy continues to be an issue. But those throws, I mean, are not the hardest. You would think he'd be able to figure it out. I mean, these guys are, are quick. They're going to be five, seven-yard throws. I, I like to think he could make that happen, especially if they're working on it throughout the offseason, the preseason. That's clearly what they're trying to do here is is raise the efficiency of this offense and, and passing him and keep the clock moving, keep the chains moving. So he's, he's going to have to be. I mean, if he can't make those throws, they're going to have uh, a massive issue, especially after they just spent a first and second round pick on these guys. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, I want to move down the list a little bit to a guy who you talked about running quarterbacks. I thought this guy would run more. Um, Marcus Mariota, he's the hype train. The fantasy hype train has been 
going fast, and it is full. The bandwagon's full. I feel like everybody's all over Marcus Mariota. You have him at QB 15. You're not. Uh, I suspect I know why, but I want you to tell me why. Yeah, and there's a few reasons. I mean, first of all, in addition to the Mariota fantasy bandwagon, there is the Titans are a contender yes. bandwagon, and I'm on that. Uh, I'm fully on that. I, I think the Titans are very good. Top 10 roster, uh, that's what's key, I think, at this point. You know, look at what this team's presenting on paper, and they are a top 10 team in the NFL. So that's the good news. The bad news is they are a run-heavy team, and if they're winning, it's going to mean fewer passing attempts for him. Does he have a ceiling can he go over 500 attempts? I don't know that he gets there this year. In fact, I don't have him projected to go over 500 attempts. He still hasn't played 16 games in a season. Like you just said, he's, he doesn't run it quite enough. I mean, he's not up near four or 500 yards. He's probably closer to 300. He's he never had more than two rushing touchdowns in a season. He, you know, in a run-heavy offense, you usually see high-efficiency passing. He does go deep quite a bit. I'll give him that. But his completion percentage, a bit disappointing. And, you know... I, hey, I'm, I'm, I used to be a pro football focus. I believe in those guys. And when they have him graded out as one of the worst passers in the NFL last season, that is a big red flag for me. I, I, I just we don't know really how good this guy is just yet. OK. And, you know, I mean, I do. You look at them and I agree with you about the pass attempts. I think they'll go up. I don't think they'll run as much as they did last year with the new weapons that they have. And mm-hmm. They're going to loosen the reins more on Mariota, but they're not going to go from him at you know, 450 attempts to 550, just like that. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I, I think I agree. I have a little higher than you, but I think the volume, the worries about the volume not being there are definitely good. Okay, so that division, by the way, that, that whole division is pretty trendy, right, except for the Colts, I guess. I mean, the sure. Jags with the defense. Who, who, would you, who do you think is going to come out on top of that division? I have the Tennessee for sure. I have them quite a bit ahead of the crowd. I mean, Indy has the offense, but the defense is kind of uh, patchwork, and they're trying to fix that. Uh, I think they're in good shape long term, but uh, aside of uh, Andy Luck, they have some issues there. Of course, his offense. Jacksonville, I love their defense, but how good will the offense be? I think they're a sneaky team just because if they are able to – uh, stay healthy defensively. They're going to be dominant. They already were pretty good last year, and they added they f- they filled their voids. Uh, and if they can protect Bortles from making mistakes with Fournette, I mean they they could be a sneaky team. Houston has the defense, but not the offense. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's Tennessee's division to lose. All right. Um, speaking, we talked about Indy. Uh, does Andrew Luck's inactivity? Or how much does it worry? I won't say it's got to worry you some, but how much? Yeah, you know what? I'm waiting for that bombshell. You know, we, we see this all the time. You're like, yeah, we're not worried. We're not worried. And next thing you know, we're, someone's like, yeah, he hasn't been practicing, and now he might not be ready for week one. And <laughs> right. then it's total panic mode. It, hap- it seems to happen at least once or twice every year. Uh, and, and maybe luck is that guy this year. I, but, again, I, the report, the reporters, uh, Mike Wells does a great job for us with, with Indy up here at ESPN. I, I haven't seen anything to suggest that it's a major concern, but it's something we definitely have to keep an eye on. All right. Um, in, in in leagues where you start one quarterback, what's your typical strategy? Do you do? You, know, you talked about waiting for you know be, a guy falls to you in a certain spot, it's fine. But but let's say if you if you're in a home league with your buddies, right, and, and the quarterbacks don't fall, well, what's your typical strategy? Uh, do, you, do you is it a star and a scrub? Is it two guys you can mix and match? Do you even draft a backup? What do you do? Yeah, I, generally I won't take a backup unless there's a high ceiling guy sitting there late, or maybe I didn't get one of the top five guys. Like if I if I get Rogers, Brady, Breeze, Luck, Ryan, uh, if one of them falls to the right spot, 
Uh, again, I'm not going to reach on them, but if they fall to the right spot and I, I scoop one of them up, I won't even think about quarterback the rest of the way. I'm, I'm, I'm in good shape for the year. Uh, but if it's someone else, you know, if I wait and it's, you know, Kirk Cousins, maybe then I'm more uh, likely to take a shot on a Carson Wentz or an Andy Dalton or, you know, maybe even Mariota if he falls, although he's going uh, a bit too early along with Jameis Winston this year. But, uh, yeah, it, it really depends on what I what I end up getting. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not a, I, I keep an eye on, like, Luck, Breeze, Ryan. That's my strategy. If I if they go too early, then I'm fine to wait until late. Uh, you mentioned Wentz, and I know you're an Eagle fan. Um, what, what I, I feel like the the cons, not consensus. That's too strong. I feel like a lot of people are looking at him and saying he's just not that good, and he's a disappointment. And I'm like, I feel like there were things to like last year, and it was a bumpy ride. It started well, and it was bumpy, and that's fine. But now he's got better weapons. I I think I, I felt like I saw enough that he's a. If I was drafting a second quarterback, he's a guy I'd like to have. Do you th- how do you think he's going to progress pretty well? Yeah, he, I think he's. I think polarizing is the word for yeah. for Carson Wentz. I think there's some people, especially I've asked people who cover the Eagles. Uh, you know, are you sure about this guy? You know, do you think there's still questions? They're like, no, he's the guy. You know, he he's good. We've seen it, and I think that's a little too optimistic. I, we, we've seen some of his problems last year. He still has work to do. He should. You wanted you wanted him to be a little bit more polished than he was at his age. Remember, he's not 21 like Jared Goff. You know, he's 24. We need we need to see it quicker here. But he does have he did have some excuses with the drops and, and just a horrible group of wide receivers they had. The O line was beat up. Uh, no more excuses. He's in year two now. He has the full off season as the starter. He has an up, upgraded weapons for sure. The O line is one of the best in the NFL. Uh, so he's he's sitting pretty, not to mention a, a pretty darn good defense as well outside of corner. So uh, the Eagles are, are they're my pick to win the East. Uh, I think he just has to be average for that. If he takes a little bit of a step forward, uh, they're going to be in good shape. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think with that in mind, he is a fine dart throw at that position. Not my favorite. I think my favorite dart throw is, is Andy Dalton. Uh, I don't think people realize how good he's been from a fantasy perspective. Uh, basically, for the past five years, he's been a top 12 fantasy quarterback, if you include 2015 when he got hurt and when he was sitting fifth. So uh, he's been he's been pretty productive and consistent. Uh, he, he's probably my favorite dart throw, but Wentz would be right behind him. You know, it's funny. I was in a two QB league draft last week, the, the Scott Fishbowl draft. And I waited, and my pair is Dalton and Wentz. So you're making me feel good about this. I like it. There you go. There you go. My my uh, my fishbowl draft's still going, if you could believe that. Really? It's, we're like the only one left. I think it's so slow, <laughs> so slow. Oh, I got it. Okay. Who who was your? I'm getting off track here. Who was your late late? Because that's a 22 round draft. Who was your late round guy that you really liked? I didn't get one yet. Like <laughs> we're but still going. How still, late are uh, you? Uh, we're, we're not that late. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to look here. We're in the 17th right now. Right? That's long. So I, I just took Rex Burkhead. And I took was, him. All right. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I felt like it was a few days ago and there's only been three picks since then. So it's going insanely slow. I, I took, I didn't take Elijah Hood, but I took the other two Raider backup running backs. Oh, uh, okay. So. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like, uh, DeAndre Washington may be a little overvalued. I, I think Rich- Richard will take that, uh, that change of pace role, and I'm buying on Lynch. So, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I know there's questions with the year off, but he could come back fresh. I mean, it's not like he's 37. You know, he's know. You know, inside. He, he just turned 30 a little while ago. He'll be okay. He's on my no-go list. Really? I can't do I'm it. I'm buying on Lynch. I I'm, like, I'm on board. I'm on board. I, know. A year, I feel like it's a year and a half, and I know he's not. I know the situation's great. I get that part of it, but I don't know. I, I just can't do it. Guy, I tend to be – I always jump off older guys early. And just, you know, right. if I'm going to be wrong, I'm wrong. 
but all right, fair. All fair right. Enough. Everybody, we got to thank our friends at Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast. With Yahoo Fantasy Football, there are endless ways to feel the wins each week, whether it's a winning waiver claim, a winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field. It's football at its funnest, best form, where there's no such thing as, as an excessive celebration. Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play, easy to use on a desktop or mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. Sign up today at rotowire.com slash yahoo. Download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association three years in a row. Mike might be still drafting in a Scott Fishbowl League when, when everybody <laughs> talks smack in week one. For, week um, three, we'll still be, yeah, we'll still be drafted. <laughs> the Yahoo Fantasy app messenger allows for all the witty banner and smack talk your league can muster. That app is just as extensive as the desktop experience, allowing you to draft, trade, and comb waiver options right on your phone. It gives you in-depth player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Switch your league to Yahoo where you can manage your league dues for free. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Yahoo, Yahoo Fantasy Football, feel the wins. All right, we're going to talk about running backs other than Marshawn Lynch because um, we'll fight if we talk about Marshawn Lynch right now. Yeah, we will. I have been asking people this question lately. The, the top two running backs seem to be pretty clearly Johnson and Bell. But it's always Johnson, then Bell. And I don't – I have it in that order, but I don't know if it's that clear. And I know we're nitpicking here. That, you know, if you have the second pick and you go, oh, no, I'm only getting Le'Veon Bell and not David Johnson. No one's thinking that. Do you think it's that clear between one and two? Well, I'm looking at my and, – and, again, this stuff changes all the time for news and just the slightest tweak can, can knock these a little bit. But my current projected point totals for these two guys are 369 and 369 for, for this year. So <laughs> it's about as close as you could possibly get. Uh, I have Johnson first. You know, with, with, with that in mind, with them being so close, I, I think that's pretty apparent that they are very close, how they're used, their snap totals, they're, they're still in their prime, that kind of thing. Uh, pretty decent scoring offenses. I don't think many people realize Arizona finished sixth in offensive touchdowns per game last year, just like they did the year before. So they were still pretty good in that area. But uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to hold out most likely until near closer to the season. And he has off the field problems in the past. Maybe they're gone. Maybe they're not. But for me, that's enough to break the tie at least. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Like I said, we're nitpicking, but the off field problems definitely factor in. I agree. Um, if I'm going to choose between one or the other. Okay. I want to move down to Leonard Fournette. You mentioned uh, pro football focus earlier where you used to work. Uh, last year, the Jaguars offensive line just got, got grief from everybody. And when Fournette got drafted, people went, all right, but how's he going to run? There's going to be no holes. PFF actually ranks their line 13th coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think Fournette's got enough help there to be – obviously, he's going to be productive. But I, I think some people might have the, the Todd Gurley thing in their head about him that, oh, bad quarterback, bad line, oh, no. Um, you think he's going to be fine? Yeah, and Gurley was fine as a rookie, you I may know. recall. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm in on Fournette. I like him in round two. Uh, I have him sitting 12, and I'd even be tempted to take him over Gurley sometimes. I mean, I think they're very close with Gurley, Lynch, Fournette. Uh, I think that's a very close group right there. And, yeah, the, the line's better, of course. I think he's set up for success with a team, again, that has built with defense. Look at this team on paper. The defense is one of the best in terms of the starting 11 or even 12, if you want to include the nickel corner, in the NFL. So I think that's going to allow them to be competitive. They're going to run the football more to try and keep the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands. Uh, and that sets him up for a ton of volume. By the way, look at the past decade. I mean, Fournette and, McCa- and Christian McCaffrey were top uh, top eight picks this year. And you look at the other guys picked in the top eight over the past decade, Trent Richardson, 
Zeke Elliott, Darren McFadden, Adrian Peterson. Well, aside of McFadden, who was a part-time player, the other three were top seven fantasy backs as right. rookies. They combined for 310 touches on average. So uh, generally, these these backs, these workhorses picked early, they get the volume. I wonder how many people just heard you mention Trent Richardson and said, why is he doing that until they realized that as a rookie he was pretty good? Yes, exactly. <laughs> they just It didn't matter. His efficiency was irrelevant. They just gave him the football early and often. And I don't, I don't expect Fournette to come in and struggle. He's a big-time talent as well. He is. All right, a guy that jumped out at me on your running back rankings, and I know this is PPR, was Bilal Powell at 16. Um, I'm I'm concerned enough, I'm I'm concerned about a shared workload. I'm not concerned about Forte being the guy and carrying 30 times a game like he did early last season. I'm concerned about a shared workload. I love Powell, and maybe part of my hesitation is that I've been down this road before thinking it was going to work for him, and it just hasn't. Like maybe maybe I'm a little gun shy. Why is this the year that that he takes that statistical step forward? Yeah, I mean Matt Forte did appear in 14 games last year, so uh, Powell was playing second fiddle for a lot of the season. He still finished 16th at the position in fantasy points, and in fact he was eighth. Fair from week seven on. So I think ranking him as a mid-pack running back too, uh, I think it, I think everyone pretty much knows he's going to take on a larger share earlier on in the year. Uh, I like him. I always thought he's, he was a decent football player. He's heavily involved as a receiver. They're going to be behind a ton. Uh, but I, yeah, I, you're right. I mean, Matt Forte is probably a value at the point he's being drafted, but uh, I don't see much of a ceiling there. And I think Powell, is, they, they have to know at this point that he's their, their better running back. And they, by the way, they paid them two guys about the same. Right. Last off season, so it's not like they, you know, he was just a, a cheap guy. They are like, eh, you know, should we give him more work? Uh, he's just a, a backup. You know, they paid him uh, just as much as Forte. So I'm pretty confident he's one of my favorite targets. And in, in round six, I, I'm happy uh, to take him there every time. Yeah, I, I really like Powell. I really like him as a player, and I, I hope you're right because I know he always winds up on some of my teams because I just really like him. And last year, I sat there for, I, I probably bailed too early on him too because less at the end of the year, he was really good. Yeah, and, and I don't think he has to have that goal line work this day and age in PPR leagues uh, to, you know, he could score six touchdowns and be a running back, too, just like a guy like Christian McCaffrey, Ty Montgomery. You know, you don't have to have 250 carries to do that this day and age. There's just so much uh, volume to be had in the passing game. And, and and I say that because the Jets probably aren't going to score many touchdowns right. this year. So it is important. That, you know, that probably hurts Forte more than it does Powell. Hopefully Christian Hackenberg won't bounce passes to him from five yards away. But we'll oh, see. God. We'll see. Let's not even talk about Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> Next question. All right. Um, Eddie Lacy. So you've got even PPR. I'm not looking at the standard rank. He's got him at 24 in PPR. That backfield seems – I'm never an Eddie Lacy fan. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I see the – I see the logic. I see how they could go with him. I think the guy I want in that backfield is precise where he's being drafted because I see the upside and I see the path to him taking the job. Um, do, do you? Is this mostly about your ranking there? I mean, it, it's twenty four is not you thinking he's a star. It probably is you thinking he's going to get a bunch of touchdowns. I would guess, right? Yeah, and uh, my uh, my projections don't like him as much as my ranking. He sits 33rd in my PPR projections when I sort them out, you know, once I, I set all the teams up. But uh, I rank him a little higher because I view him very similar in terms of talent and, and the way they play the game uh, to Marshawn Lynch. I think he's a seamless replacement in this 
Seattle offense. And I, you don't like Lacey. I do like Lacey from a talent standpoint. He's been outstanding despite all of the nagging injuries and supposed weight problems. I mean, not supposed. He's, he's had weight problems, but he's still been effective. He's been one of the best after contact, eluding tacklers. Uh, even during those times when we complained about it, I did an entire article on this a few months ago at ESPN. It's it's kind of bizarre, uh, the Eddie Lacy story, but uh, he fits in very much like Lynch did. Remember him? Remember him with his injury problems and underperformance in Buffalo. He yes. got shipped to Seattle and then turned the corner. Uh, I don't even think Lacy needs to turn a corner. As long as he's he's out there, he should uh, have big time upside. So I could see him scoring double digit touchdowns, and that ceiling is enough that I want to take that shot in the middle rounds at a guy who could be, it would not surprise me if he was a top 10 fantasy running back this year. Uh, the red flag obviously being the passing down work. Will he get enough of it with ProSize there? Uh, but ProSize in the ninth, I, I, he's a guy who, again, he comes up short in my projections too. Uh, 49th, you know, <laughs> or 46th in my projections. I just don't know if he's going to get enough volume. He'll need basically Lacey to fail or an injury for him to get enough carries to, to be a, an asset. He will. I agree with you on that because I think it's crowded. Um, I was telling someone the other day, I think one of my thing about ProSize, remember that Sunday night game last year where we played really well at New England? Sure. And they were, you could tell, I, I, I felt like, and maybe I was talking myself into it because I had him on a couple of fantasy teams. They were so excited about how well he played. And after mm-hmm. the game, Pete Carroll was gushing. And during the game, Pete Carroll, you could see him. He was getting fired up. And I know you almost read his mind thinking, oh, my God, I finally have a guy who's playing good running back this season. Thank goodness. Right. And, and I felt like they wanted him to succeed. But now, yeah, it's crowded there. I, I agree with that. But, yeah, late in the draft, that's a guy I'd like to pick at, at the value. Um, uh, looking at your rankings in the, low, in the high 20s, low 30s, you have Spencer Ware and Kareem Hunt ranked pretty close. You you, you are mm-hmm. not uh, – safe to say you're not buying on Spencer Ware? Yeah, definitely. Similar bill to uh, like a C.J. Anderson too. I kind of float them guys kind of together. So round six, it's too much for me. Uh, I, I think this is probably pushing it, but Adam Teicher was on my, my show on Sirius about a month or so ago, and he actually predicted that not only would – uh, Hunt lead the Chiefs backfield and catches. He lead in carries too, which is is bold. I, I don't know if I'd go that far, just because I, I think where I'll be pretty busy early on in the year. But uh, that that's someone on top of the team making that prediction. So uh, I think Hunt. I, I love him first of all. Outstanding at the collegiate level. He's elusive. He's great after contact. That's my kind of running back. Uh, and it, pff, Andy Reid's. You know, if, he, if he's in the backfield of an Andy Reid offense, I mean, think about Brian Westbrook and. Shady McCoy and uh, Deuce Staley, Jamal Charles, whoever's in there seems to have a ton of fantasy value. So I just love the fit. I, I feel like it's going to be a natural fit for him to slide in there at some point this year. Do you, do you think, were you surprised at that? I thought Ware was solid last year. I, I liked him and I thought they, maybe they don't like him as much as we thought they did. Uh, yeah, I think they do. I mean, at the combine, he, Andy Reid did talk him up a little bit. Uh, had a lot of good things. He basically confirmed that he would enter the offseason as the lead back. But uh, they needed another explosive option there, maybe a long-term option. And uh, you know, they're confident in where, but I, I, I don't know if he's the long-term option per se. I don't think he's as good a fit for sure as uh, a guy like Hunt, who I think has a massive ceiling. Again, I like him as a player and love him in the Reid offense. So should be just a matter of time before he's really pressing there for work. All right, we're going to switch over to wide receiver. What do you think the chances are? Now, I'm not ranking wise. You have this guy, 11th, which is pretty. He seems ninth, tenth, eleventh for most people. Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. What do you think the chances are if, if there's a guy among the top ten receive top twelve receivers 
who has the ability to take and, and part of this has to do with past performance, who has a chance to take a big step forward. It's either him or Michael Thomas, I would guess. What are the chances of Amari Cooper? How is he talented enough and is the situation good enough? Could could you see sort of like a monster breakout, hey, I'm a top five wide receiver kind of season from him? Yeah, like do, does he have that Antonio Brown sort of right. ceiling, if you will? Yeah, and I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, the guy had two 1,000-yard seasons before he turned 23, <laughs> uh, which, is, which is incredible. I mean, just for – you know, uh, comparison, Michael Thomas is already 24 and a half years old. And, you know, he, he just had a, a great rookie year, but Cooper just turned 23 and already has 2000 yard season. So yeah, I think he, we we're just scratching the surface of what he can do. We haven't seen him use much near the goal line. Could he put up eight, nine touchdowns and, and 13, 1400 yards in a breakout third year? A- absolutely. Especially if Derek Carr takes a step forward is better. Uh, stays healthy. There's a lot to it, but uh, yeah, I, I view him. Brandon Cooks is another guy that's a very polarizing player in fantasy. I think he has a, a massive ceiling too. That's why I'm willing to take that plunge uh, where where others aren't. That surprises me because I feel like people I, I feel like people are starting to get down on Brandon Cooks because of I, definitely the way they spread the wealth in New England. I guess. Yeah, and and I have that concern too. I've expressed that. I've posted uh, tweets with the chart of all the guys they have to get balls to and how hard it is to find a, a big share for Cooks, but. 20, you know, I have him around 20%. If he gets in the 22, 23% range, you're talking top 10, top 12 production in, in all formats and especially in standard. So uh, it depends how they use him. They, if they start using him in this short area, he runs some of those Edelman routes, those Welker routes. That could really move the needle for him a lot. And, and I think he's one of a few on that short list, like Cooper, like Cooks, like Brown, that have that ceiling to potentially lead the position in fantasy points. I just hope if you want Cooper to get those touchdowns, let's just hope they stop throwing a Seth Roberts in the red zone. That would be yeah, I know that's that's incredible. He's not a very good player either, so it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, it felt it's funny. I just looked up Seth Roberts' stats, and I was shocked to see he only had five touchdowns last season. It felt like twelve. Uh huh. Every yeah, week well, you're going, so oh my! Targets. Not again. Yeah. Did they pass up Amari Cooper for Seth Roberts? Yeah, and uh, it'll probably happen again. Or Cordell Patterson will catch five, and Jared Cook will have nine on <laughs> on 30, 32 catches and nine touchdowns, and Cooper will have four. You know, right. like it, it par for the course with fantasy football. All right, we're going to go back to your Eagles for a second. You have Alshon Jeffrey at wide receiver 18 in PPR and uh, 16th in standard. Uh, I know Jeffrey hasn't been a big, big volume guy over the course of his career. Even the years when he was good, he wasn't huge volume. He was a little more touchdown dependent. I'm not looking at numbers right now. Um, do you think it? What you talked about when stepping forward with with the weapons that they have now? They got Torrey Smith, and I don't I don't know what Torrey Smith has left. Do you think, is he going to com- completely flood the targets to Jeffrey, kind of like Mike Evans got from Jameis last year, or is it going to be a little more spreading it around? Uh, I hope so. You know, I, I think that would be a smart plan by Philadelphia, but I think you have to bake in the chance that it, it won't be. You know, oftentimes we'll see a player change teams and just make a lot of assumptions. You have to bake in uh, some of the other out- possible outcomes, too. So that's what I've done a little bit here with Alshon. I think he's a fine mid-pack wide receiver two talent just because I, I really like him. I think he's an underrated talent. I think his injury issues are overstated. I mean, a lot of times you'll hear someone say, well, you know what? He missed four games last year and the year before. Uh, he missed seven games. But, I mean, he was suspended last year. He, he held up last year. He, w- he would have played the whole season, right. you know, like, unless he got hurt late, of course. The year before he had the injury, the two previous years, he played 16 games. Uh, so, you know, I think that he's basically played a full season three of the past four years. So I think that's overstated. He's been used 
uh, down near the goal line a ton in his career. That should still be the case in Philadelphia. They don't seem to like uh, Ertz in that area. Uh, so I think there's a lot to like about Jeffrey. I don't know where the industry is if I'm if I'm low or high, but uh, I think as a, if he's your wide receiver too, I think that's fine. He is being. I'm looking at an ADP right now, and he's the 17th wide receiver. There you go. So I'm about in the in the wheelhouse then. Yep. Okay. Uh, last thing, uh, Mike Williams. Chargers, there was some scary reports earlier in the week that Mike Williams was going to miss the whole season. So mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like that's the case now. He might start on the pup list, you know, so that would be, what, six weeks. Um, we're not sure what's going, to, what's going to happen with him, but it sounds like he's not going to have surgery. But we, you can't, because you can't count on a guy like that, does it change your outlook on, on Keenan Allen and, and even Tyrell Williams who's going later? No, not not really. I mean, it, it certainly moves Tyrell up, but I'm not going to have him in a single league. I, I think he's just grossly overrated. I mean, it all started – at the combine, I mean, uh, I talked to a Chargers coach who told me, you know, this, the, yeah, he had a good season, but he still has work to do. You know, he, he doesn't separate too well. You know, it, you may not realize this, but if you look at the wide receivers who had the most interceptions in the league on balls thrown their direction, it, it was Tyrell Williams at the top. Uh, he does not separate well. He's a big guy, uh, but that wasn't always the most efficient decision to go to him. Yes, he's good after contact. Yes, he's uh, o- overperformed expectations going undrafted a few years ago. Yes, he's 6'4". You'll like all that. But listen, a 21% target share last year. And a lot of people are, are talking about what he did from from week X on last year, where he finished in fantasy. Keenan Allen was not playing it right. last year. You, you have to factor in a, pre, a big target share for him, not to mention that uh, supposedly Hunter, Hunter Henry is going to take on a bigger role, you know, somewhat at the expense of Antonio Gates, but he's still there. Travis Benjamin was also hurt in the second half last year, and his look at his target shares. They dropped drastically in the second half of the season. And Dontrell Inman is a, a perfectly fine slot man, too. They'll keep him involved. So uh, there's a lot going on here, but you can't just look at what he did last year and expect the same thing this year. When, when Keenan Allen is there and they have all these other guys you need to get the ball to. By the way, just a final note here, I love the Chargers. They are my team. They're my Raiders of this year. Yep. I think they win the division. The defense is good, and that's going to be more running the football too. They're not going to be – hopefully they won't be as injury-plagued as in years past and will be competitive this year. All right, so uh, quick aside on that and go jump back to running back. Do you still – I was actually having a conversation with someone this week about how – about Melvin Gordon and wondering if we were overrating him. Just because the performance was kind of, the volume was great. The performance was kind of okay. Uh, I, I mean, I'm fine with him at the one-two turn. I, I think he, this, the massive volume that he gets. I mean, he was, it was unreal how much work he got near the goal line last year. Uh, it's hard to imagine that changing. Again, I think they'll be more competitive. They could run more. Uh, he doesn't have pretty much any competition there with, right. with Danny Woodhead gone. I mean, Brandon Oliver and Andre Williams, I mean, Kenja Barner, he, he's the clear-cut feature back, so that's the good news. But you're right. I mean, we do this every year. Sometimes you got to stop and think and just look at your board and say, all right, I'm looking at my top, top say, 15 running backs. Even the young guys especially, look at, think long-term. These guys are going to be bust. Some of these guys are going to be out of the league in a couple of years. Some of these guys are just going to be horrible busts this year. Who are the bust? You know, who are right. they? Is it Melvin Gordon? Is it Murray? You know, that, that's a, a really tricky exercise. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd like to see more efficiency from Melvin Gordon. I'll say that's that's been a drawback so far. Okay. And, and you mentioned Andre Williams. This is the year, right? This is it. Finally. It's coming. It. It's going to happen. He's going to get all the goal line carries. He finished strong last year. Him and him and Corey Grant in Jacksonville. Those are the two the two <laughs> sneaky guys that no one, we, none of us were paying attention in week 17, and those guys were tearing it up. So right. who knows? Who knows? Hey, Rex Burkhead made me some DFS money in week 17. There you go. Last year. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Who knows?
All right, uh, everybody, Odd New Fantasy Football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty like an NFL GM. It's better fantasy football, auction-based, deep rosters, and college players in the player pool. You can stash college prospects for the future, trade for superstars to make a championship push, develop a team over multiple seasons, and play against the best fantasy football competition on the Internet. That's Odd New Fantasy Football, O-T-T-O-N-E-U, OddNewFootball.com. All right, back to wide receivers. Um, you talked about, you mentioned the word polarizing a couple of times. Tyreek Hill, I think, fits there. I, I think it's a little strong to call him a gadget guy. It's funny, I, I saw a Twitter conversation about a month ago, and I can't remember who it was. And people were sort of mocking the idea of, you know, oh, well, you guys just think all he is is, you know, Coral Patterson. I'm like, well, maybe. I mean, can he, or Percy Harvin. You know, can, can Tyreek Hill run the routes necessary to be a team's number one receiver is he a good enough receiver he's fast enough he's explosive enough is he a good enough receiver yeah i mean if he's healthy and, and is per- percy harvin i mean that's that's great uh, that's a great outcome you yeah. know we'll be talking about him top top 15 every year uh but yeah i think the real question is is he can he be like a brandon cooks or uh you know a player like that who can work on the perimeter or even i don't know maybe even golden tate and, and could just rack up tons of volume in the short area and make some plays so uh, i don't think we have a great feel for that just because they didn't use him that way last year and the way they used him last year is not sustainable you know you, you can't look at Tavon austin how inconsistent he's been uh the the touch totals the way he was used are not even close to sustainable i mean just think about uh the return touchdowns he had three of them last year 2013 2014 2015 no one in the nfl had more than two return touchdowns i mean the guy was good he was electric but he's not going to keep up that rate if, if even the other best returners in the nfl are only taking one or two back years so you knock that off you you, you you normalize for the touchdowns and you're banking on more volume and i think he can and will get that uh but will he hold up with that frame uh, being undersized like that, uh, there's there's a lot going on. Not to mention, I think the Chiefs take a step backward as a team this year. Uh, I mentioned the Chargers rising. The Raiders, of course, are in the mix there. Good D in Denver. I think they take a step back, so that could be a, a bit of a problem as well. So it's a question mark, but I think he has enough upside that as a fringe wide receiver, too, he's a fine target in that area. All right. Do you think Alex Smith's going to start all year? Uh, no, and again, if they're if they're better than I think they're going to be and competitive, then yeah. he will. But no, I, I think they're going to fall out of it at some point. And Mahomes will get a few starts late, and then that'll be the end of the Alex Smith era in, in Kansas City. All right. Um, during OTAs, there was a lot of buzz from Miami about Devontae Parker. The coaches were really talking him up. I mean, this is what one of the, I don't know if it was the receivers coach or the offense coordinator said, I think the quote was, you know, he could be a dominant force or something like that. And everybody went, Ooh, Hey, I mean, the talent's there. Um, and then the, the hype in fantasy circles, let's say seems to have died down. And I think we've all kind of looked and said, Oh yeah, they're going to run the ball a ton. What, what do you think is what's, what's your fantasy take on Devonte Parker? How much can he help you? Yeah, and I, I, Miami's a team I'm down on, too. So I think they'll take a step back. That will mean they'll, they'll have to throw in the second half more often. So that'll help him. But it should be a very run-centric, uh, at least the, with them planning to run the football as often as possible. And that does hurt Parker. Uh, the, I believe in his talent. I think he's he's a good football player. But in the round, in, in the seventh round, you know, you're not really getting a discount here. You're, you're kind of buying into him being at least a wide receiver three. I think it can happen. But it's going to be tough with with these other guys here, and and also, you know, I, I get I get the hype a little bit. I'm, I'm buying in a little bit, but man, I mean, 
Miami, for whatever reason, they, they love their team down there. Every player is going to have a superstar season. You know, <laughs> Julius Thomas is going to score 10 touchdowns. Kenny Stills resigned. He'll be fine. Parker's going to break out. They're going to keep Carew. Ajayi's going to go nuts this year. Both Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake are going to play more. It's, uh, Tannehill's going to go nuts. You know, they seem to like all these guys. They can't all win. Uh, they can't support all of these players, and you have to keep that in mind. I will say this. Parker in the seventh, you yeah. know, Kenny Stills, listen, Kenny Stills eight, eight, touchdowns, a touchdown rate is not sustainable, but 14th round. I mean, he's the guy to target in this offense. Okay. That's, that's fair because it can, it can happen. I mean, 14th, you're not paying anything and they throw to him enough. They don't throw to him more than anyone else. They throw to him enough. Yeah. So, and his, his volume went up. I mean, last year, uh, Parker saw 19% of the targets. Stills was at 17 and that was with a slow start too. They, they started to use him more as the year went on. So uh, I'm all on the regression in the meme with the touchdowns for stills, but so everyone else is is maybe too maybe too much. You know, it almost has gone too far. Round fourteen for a guy uh, that delivered like that last year. I think he's well worth that shot uh, late. And keep in mind, he was a fifth round pick, yeah, but he's been a pretty efficient player, and he's only a few months older than De- uh, Devontae Parker. You know, you look at Parker as a potential breakout player. Right. They have six months difference, you know, or eight months difference in age. Stills is still a very young player. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you about your, your late round wide receiver darts. You just gave me one. Give me, how about one more? Yep. Yeah, Stills was actually on my list. Uh, yeah, really quick. I'll, I'll just list a few of them for you. After 10th round on Kenny Britt, Josh Doxson, Robert Woods, Ted Ginn, Will Fuller, I think is a grossly underrated player again in round 14. So there, there's a few guys I'm looking at. Okay. I like Doxson. I always, ha- I always have to plug Kenny Britt, my fellow Rutgers guy. So I'm good with that one. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, tight ends real quick. What's the, what's the earliest you draft Gronk? Uh, I'd say late round two is where I'm looking. There's enough talent on the so board that I'm, I'm willing to wait until about You're not going to get him then, probably, yeah, probably right? Uh, I, I think I, I've got him, a, I got him probably once or twice. That might have been earlier on in the offseason, though. Okay. Yeah. He's, yeah. Going, he's going in round two, so. All right, yeah, I see him in the round two. That's true. I, I feel like I've seen, maybe it was in that tight end league we were in last week that he went yeah. earlier but um yeah. but th- by the way everybody if you didn't listen early in the week when scott fish was on with me um the scott fishbowl awards a point for first downs but 2.5 points for tight end first downs mm-hmm. so that's why we everybody was drafting I mean, it was ridiculous i th- i i think i drafted eric ebron ahead of a really good running back at one point it was making my head twist into a pretzel yeah but, that's a tricky part of those formats but uh makes you think it's fun yep all right so um Going down a little bit, Delaney Walker, you have Delaney Walker sixth, and I feel like that's you're more that's a guy you're more optimistic on than most because they I mean basically they, they are gonna let Mariota throw more, we think, but as we talked earlier, maybe not as much as some people think. Um, they added Eric Decker, they drafted Corey Davis, and they drafted uh, was it Taewon Taylor? Um, right, right. So why are you you're still in on Delaney Walker though? You i I'm guessing you still think he's gonna be the favored target for Mariota. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a featured member of this passing game. I don't think that's going to change because they're better at wide receiver. I mean, I, I listen, he averaged a 23% target share last year. I have him at 20%. There's just not a lot of tight ends that are going to hit that mark in the league, and, and he's one of them. So that's going to allow him a, a pretty high floor. And the past four years, he finished 11th, 8th, 2nd, and 5th, and that's with missing a game, missing one game all of those seasons. He's just a great all-around player. He's always on the field. Mariota obviously likes going to him. Uh, so yeah, even with a, a little bit of a dip and he did see a big dip from 2015 to 2016, actually 36 fewer targets and was still a top five fantasy tight end. So he could afford a little bit of a dive and still be a mid pack tight end one, especially in PPR. All right. So without getting too into the weeds on the math, much as I'd like to, um, when you, 
figure that out. You look at it and you say, all right, Delaney Walker got X percent of the targets last year. And you throw three new wide receivers into the mix. How do you, how much is that guesswork as how the team's going to adjust with the new personnel? Oh, I spend a lot of time looking at coaching trends too, leak trends, uh, thinking about what personnel is going to be on the field when. So uh, a lot of it goes into that. Some teams are a lot easier than other teams. But, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a range of outcomes. Maybe Walker falls to 17% because Davis is just so good and they, they feature him. It's possible. But uh, I think over time with experience doing it, I've been doing this for a long time, you kind of have a, kind of a natural feel for about where guys are going to fall. And I, I usually, might, uh, you know, not to pat myself on the back too hard, uh, but uh, when I look at them after the season, they, they're usually pretty decent. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to miss on guys, of course. It's a, it's a hard game. There's injuries. But um, I, I, think it, I think, you know, if you look at Walker – Anyone that's that's done this or and looked at this offense is going to have a hard time putting it much lower than a, around twenty percent. Okay, last guy, and this is a this is a late round guy. You want him, you're going to be able to get him for not free unless you're in a league with some some sharp people. Um, Austin Hooper in Atlanta. Um, you've got right. him fourteenth tight end, which which is on the high side. Uh, I know he had a good Super Bowl. Um, scored a touchdown, right? He, yeah. He, um, you know, they, they had a little bit of a dry spell at tight end. Since, since Tony Gonzalez left, they haven't done much at tight end. Um, they drafted Austin Hooper to help, and this is the year you think he helps. You think he takes a nice step forward? Yeah, and, and yeah, second year, third rounder last year, still very young. Uh, last year, he actually played almost 30 snaps a game, but only 16 pass routes a game because they had Jacob Tammy, and, and he's gone right now. He was their passing uh, game specialist. According to Pro Football Focus, Hooper blocked very well last year, so that should keep him on the field every down. And by the way, uh, the Atlanta offense is going to score less this, this season, obviously. They just can't sustain that historic pace they were on last year, but the tight ends did score 10 touchdowns last year. So even if you normalize that a little bit to, you know, six, seven, eight touchdowns, uh, which which is probably about where they should be, Hooper's probably going to soak up a bunch of those. So I think he's very talented. They drafted him with this in mind for him to, to be the one this year. And he, he, everything's going according to plan. So he's uh, a breakout player. And I'll be surprised if he's not, you know, a top 15, top 17 tight end at worst. And, and he has big upside. All right, um, everybody, we're going to wrap it up with the questions there. Listeners to this podcast can get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That's going to allow you to check out nearly all the features on the site. So please check it out at rotowire.com slash pod. All right, Mike, uh, you're doing the Seeing You on Sports Center. You're doing Sirius XM Radio at nights this week. You're turning out tons of fantasy content on ESPN right now. You and everybody else doing a great job as always. What should we be looking for from you guys, let's say this weekend, the rest of this week, which is Friday, and next week. Yeah, appreciate the kind words for sure. Uh, I'll be uh, on serious uh, on and off over the, you know, throughout the coming season. But at ESPN, actually, our team is right. Our uh, our NFL Nation team, we have a reporter for each team. They're dropping their projected 53-man rosters for every team, which I love that stuff. That's the, the football nerd in me loves that stuff. So I'll be <laughs> reviewing those and, and putting up a fantasy spin article. So you don't have to be a nerd like me and read them all, all 32 of them. Uh, I'll be doing kind of a fantasy spin piece, and, and I'll post that next week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that up and, and getting it on the site. I'm going to be waiting with, bated, waiting with bated breath about Charles Sims, I think, for the 53 Yeah, that's man. a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows with that guy? Uh-huh. All right, everybody, Mike, thanks a lot. We'll do this soon, yeah. okay? Sounds great. Thanks a lot, John. All right, everybody, if you like this podcast, please give us a review and a rating uh, on iTunes or wherever you're listening. We really appreciate it. Also, thanks for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. We're going to be back Monday and all of next week with more episodes, so please check back. For Mike Clay, I'm John Halpin. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.